0: This is Corolla Digital. Hey kiddies, Adam Carolla here. Been screwed over by a crappy contractor? Who hasn't? Put your hands down, especially those of you who are driving. I got a show coming out on Spike TV called Catch a Contractor. How does it work? We find that crappy contractor. We bring him back to fix what he screwed up. Sound good? Feel like something you could benefit from? Good. If someone you know in the L.A. area has a home construction nightmare courtesy of a crappy contractor, go to catchacontractor.com. That's catchacontractor.com and submit your info. From Level 5 City in Glendale. It's This Week with Larry Miller. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, and everyone who loves free hotel breakfast. Hi, folks, and welcome back to This Week with Larry Miller. I'm Larry Miller, but in a way, aren't we all? And, again, that music and that band makes me so happy, even on a day when I'm tired, even on a day when I just had a couple of pretzels from the free food bar here at the studio, and they were the healthiest things there. But you know what? That band makes me feel so good. They get better every week. That's, of course the James L. Sandville Orchestra, and the Vicky Young Dancers featuring boy tenor John Curran asking the musical question, How come the word phonetic is not spelled phonetically? Well, you know what? I thought, and the colonel thought, and the doctor thought, that was a darn good question. It's a heck of a question. How come the word phonetic is not spelled phonetically? And it's not spelled phonetically. It would have just an F it was, if it were spelled phonetically, among other things. But it has a PH. So, number one, gee, I don't know. And it was the first time, John Curran, it was the first time I ever thought to myself, hey, why is it spelled like that? Why is the word phone in there? Like telephone, phone. So even the word phone should be spelled phonetically, shouldn't it? Anything with a PH should be spelled phonetically, with an F. I have nothing against poorly spelled words. I like poorly spelled words, especially if people are trying really hard not to spell them poorly. Every so often, you and I just can't remember how to spell a word. Sometimes, a word just drives you nuts. Sometimes, even if you write something out, and you write want, W-A-N-T, and suddenly you look at it and, and say... It can't be spelled that way. That, that's just wrong. Am I wrong? Have I been wrong all these years, since third grade? Why are we spell want, want? But you know what? In answer to John's question, how come the word phonetic is not spelled phonetically? Well, John, you get no answer from me that will be worth anything to you. You get no answer from Colonel Jeff or Dr. Chris. We don't know but we do agree it's a terrific question. How come it's spelled that way? I don't know, but I think it's a really good question. And by Amazon. That's right, Amazon. Amazon is just a classic sponsor for us. We just love that they are here every week, and we're here for them. Amazon, as you know, you go on your computer, on your laptop, on your phone, on any screen you have, and you go right to their website of Amazon.com, and you order anything you've ever wanted, right? Wrong! Wrong! You don't! I know I caught them again. They were about to do that. They were about to go, just go to Amazon on their own, but you don't. You don't. What you do is, to get to Amazon, you go to our website. Yeah. That one was a little too close. You go to our website, which is LarryMillerPodcast.com, who's on the mountain, Tom Mix. You go to LarryMillerPodcast.com, and we have a banner that says Amazon. And I know it seems ridiculous that people write in sometimes and say, why do you keep talking about the banner that says Amazon when you've never seen it? Well, no, I've never seen it and they say when well, you've never you've never used it no i've never used it either because i i already love going to amazon my own special way i have sort of a star trek tube that takes me there and you know what though larrymillerpodcast.com has a banner that says amazon you click our banner and we will take you to amazon we will happily take you to amazon and then as soon as we do as soon as you get there then you order everything in the world you've ever wanted Anything in the world you ever imagined you could want. And everyone is happy then. You're happy because you get the things you want. Amazon is happy because they send you the things you want. And we're happy here because we get a percentage of the money you spend with Amazon. And they're nice enough to send it to us. So guess what? Everybody's really happy. And we put that money toward our next fancy fried chicken and cocktail dinner. And it's only been, what, 14 years since we went on the last one? But we're going again. And thanks to you clicking Amazon on LarryMillerPodcast.com and ordering then, and thanks to Amazon sending us a percentage of your money, you know what? We're going to get to that fried chicken dinner. And by PayPal. PayPal, that's right. Also on our website at PayPal. And what you want to do there is, speaking of going out to a fancy fried chicken dinner and cocktails first, we're going to do that because what we'd like you to do is go to PayPal and send us the money for three drinks. Whatever your favorite bar is in your area or a bar you've never been to, walk in and say, excuse me, how much is a cocktail here? It doesn't have to be a fancy drink. You could say, how much is a scotch and soda? How much is anything at all? And when they tell you, first of all, have a drink for yourself. Second of all, send us enough money for three drinks: one for Colonel Jeff, one for Doctor Chris, and one for me, your leader. And you know what? <laughs> then we'll put a, put, take that money. Oh, we're gonna go. Oh, we're gonna go to such a fancy dinner. And you know what, though? So thanks to Amazon and thanks to PayPal which takes us neatly to my favorite part of the week, the joke of the week. That's right, the joke of the week, the weekly joke, the joke we tell once a week. And I love doing this because you know what? I love jokes. You love jokes. All God's children love jokes. And this is this really doesn't have anything to do with being a stand-up comic, in fact, because these aren't jokes I would tell in my act the i write everything that i tell in my act and this is not that this is the classic thing we all like which is regular jokes just jokes you can tell your own way and and tell everything you've you've ever wanted to tell and some jokes are terrific and i can tell them to you and you can tell them to your friends and so you know what here's this one this week and this one came from well our colleague our partner Dr. Chris, and this is a pretty good joke. I like this joke. A uh, guy walks into a restaurant he's never been in before, and he's on the road. He travels for a living, and he walks into the restaurant, and a waitress comes up to him at his little table, and the waitress is beautiful. She's really pretty. She had red hair. She looked fabulous, and what a figure she had. Really astonishing. Everything was Just the way you'd want it to be. He smiled, and she smiled at him, and she said, Okay, well, uh, do you know what you want? And he says, Yeah, you know what? I'd like a quickie. And her face drops, her smile drops. She says, You know what? You shouldn't say something like that. And the truth is, I'm going to give you another chance to think about it, and I'll be back again in a minute, and then we'll try this again. She walks away. A minute later, sure enough, she comes back, and she's got another smile on her face, but it's smaller than the first one. And she says, okay, I'm back. Have you thought about it again? And he says, I'd like a quickie. I'd still like a quickie. And now she starts to get mad. She picks up the glass of water in front of him. Now she throws the glass of water in his face. She, she's mad. She said, I told you not to say something like that. I don't want to hear anything like that. And you know what? I'm going to give you one more chance here and... And then I'm going to get mad. So I'm going to give you one more chance. I'll be back. I'm leaving now, and I'm going to come back in two minutes. And you tell me, think it over again, what you'd really like here. Comes back two minutes later, and now there's no smile on her face. And she says, all right, for the last time, what would you like? And he says, I want a quickie. And now she gets really mad. And she puts her pad and pencil down on the table and then says, there that's it, I've had it, I've had it, I can't take it anymore in this place. And she walks, she quits, and a fella sitting at another table next to him leans over and whispers, I think it's pronounced quiche. (laughs) I love jokes like that, that you can tell they fit the form of what We love calling here the shaggy dog story. You can make that along the way any shape you want of what she throws or what he does and how she's annoyed and he's getting scared. You tell it any way you want, and then it gets to the point, of course, where it's a great punchline. But you know what? I like that joke, and I hope you do too, and I hope you have fun telling it to your friends. And that leads us to... My second favorite part of the show, which is the Poetry Corner. That's right, the Poetry Corner. The corner of poetry, where I've always wanted to do this, celebrate every week on a show, whether it's TV, radio, or movie documentaries, to celebrate the wonderful, beautiful, important art of poetry in our language and in our lives. We don't look at it much We don't read it much. We really have no contact with it at all. But you know what, folks? When we do, I think and you think, that was a nice way to look at those things. It's a nice way to describe a part of life when a great artist is a great poet and knows how to use words really well. And this is written by an artist, well we've used before that i've love re- i love reading things by this man his name is william blake and he was english and you know what he was born it was in an 1757 and lived to about 1821 and he was he became famous really and hugely popular especially frankly after his death it being someone who was the The Seed, one of the great steps along the way of lyric poetry, who really knew how to use words well. And this poem is awfully nice. He's using his words really well, and it's called A Song. Sweet dreams form a shade O'er my lovely infant's head Sweet dreams of pleasant streams Be happy, silent, moony beams Sweet sleep, with soft down, Weave thy brows an infant crown. Sweet sleep, angel mild, Hover o'er my happy child. Sweet smiles in the night, Hover over my delight. Sweet smiles, mother's smile, All the live-long night beguile. Sweet moans, dove-like sighs, Chase not slumber from thine eyes. Sweet moan, sweeter smile. All the dove-like moans beguile. Sleep, sleep, happy child. All creation slept and smiled. Sleep, sleep, happy sleep. While o'er thee doth mother weep. Sweet babe, in thy face, Holy image I can trace. Sweet babe, once like thee, Thy Maker lay and wept for me. Wept for me, for thee, for all, when he was an infant small. Thou his image ever see, heavenly face that smiles on thee. Smiles on thee, on me, on all who became an infant small. Infant smiles are his own smiles, heaven and earth to peace. Beguiles. Isn't that nice? By William Blake. William, that's just awfully nice. By William Blake, the uh, the great thinker, writer, artist in the last half of the 18th century and the first part of the 19th century in England. And Well, whatever we think of him, and he was known, of course, for writing really challenging poetry that really made you think and stop and say, wow, that's, it's not that it was dirty, but it challenged all your premises about life and the nature of the universe and the way we think and the way we are, wonderful stuff. But I thought, and so did the colonel and the doctor, I thought that was a lovely poem to read today of a way he thought of his baby and a way he looked at it and a way he smiled at it which is one of the reasons, well, poetry is great, which leads us to a magic movie moment. That's right, a magic movie moment, which, remember, is something that touches me and I want to use to tell you so it touches you. It's something that already touches you. When there's a movie you love, you've seen 5, 10, 20, 30 times, and you know, oh, there's a part in it, there's one scene in it, There's something one of the actors says in it, and I look forward to it every time. Those characters and that setting and that movie really is magical to you, and it makes you smile as you're watching it. And that's what a magic movie moment is. And this, for me, comes from... It's sort of a running joke that comes from, there were four of these movies. And I'm thinking of the Pink Panther movies. There were four, maybe five of these movies. And, of course, they were remade with other great actors in them. But I'm thinking of the ones that starred Peter Sellers and Herbert Lom, and so many other great actors and actresses. And I think Elka Sommer was in one of these. And uh, it's a great thing to write, by the way, because they put her and him in a nudist colony. And I'll be honest, if I were at that actor's table where there are seven actors sitting around and before you go to lunch, someone says, how about a nudist colony? I would have been one of the guys saying, that sounds good to me. And these movies were all, well, produced and directed and written by the great Blake Edwards, who, well, just passed away a year or two ago, I think. And, uh, well, no one wants to pass away, but he certainly lived a long, healthy, happy life. He was very creative. And he was also married to the great Julie Andrews. And I was telling the doctor before and the colonel before that, you know what, because I had a chance to work with Julie Andrews a couple of times in the Princess Diaries movies, and I adored her, and I said then, and and I still believe now, if there's... Any woman on earth who deserves to be called a queen, I think it just may be Julie Andrews. What a treat it is to sit with her and and smile with her and tell jokes. I mean, come on, she's so naturally funny. She's so gifted as a singer and actress, as anyone who does comedy and drama. She's great. And by the way, she's been gorgeous her whole life. That's worth putting in, too. And so to sit with her, and she always said, and she's married to Blake Edwards. And it was such a treat. So the point is, in terms of a magic movie moment, the one I was thinking of is from Return of the Pink Panther, which is the second one or the third one or the fourth one. And uh, the colonel is holding up four fingers. That was four fingers, right? You're not holding up one. You're not saying, would you just tell this story, please? It's from Return of the Pink Panther, and (laughs) it's called, I like calling this the Does Your Dog Bite story. So Peter Sellers is there, and he walks into an office, and there's a receptionist, an old man, sitting there behind a desk. And the, the old man is, well... They're not afraid. Blake Edwards and everyone who made these movies were never afraid to go for something funny. So they made the man an old man. But there's a little dog there, and uh, he's a little doggy, and uh, in front of the desk, and and Blake smiles at the old man and says, uh, Does your dog bite? And the old man says, No, he doesn't. And Blake... I'm sorry, but then Peter Sillas puts a smile on his face and says, oh. so He bends down to pet the little doggy, and as soon as he reaches his hand out, this dog takes a chomp out of his hand that you've never seen before. It's like a King Kong chomp for a little dog, a tiny little dog, and suddenly the dog goes, and really chomps that hand. And he says to the old man, but... You just told me your dog doesn't bite. And the old man says, Well, that's not my dog. Now, that's one of those great moments in comedy. It's it's such a silly, good joke, and that's what is fun sometimes. It's silly and good. It makes you feel wonderful because you can laugh at it, and it doesn't exactly have anything to do with the story they're going to tell. It doesn't exactly have anything to do with the movie But it really does tell you something more about Inspector Clouseau, doesn't it? It tells you that this guy is just knuckleheaded enough to ask a question like that and to take the answer right on the nose. Honestly, does your dog bite? And it's so wonderful that they're using English, of course, and they're just stepping all around. Why? No, he doesn't. Oh, I'll just pet it. That's not my dog. So the old man, is wonderful comedy because the old man doesn't think to himself, well, I should ask this fellow why he's even asking me a question like that. Shouldn't I at least ask him, well, why are you asking? But he doesn't. And it slides by me and you just enough, well, to be another great moment in a Blake Edwards Peter Sellers starring movie of the Pink, Pink Panther. They have, they have so many great jokes in those Pink Panther movies that come down to us and that are really in the same way things that make us smile, that make us feel great, that make us feel whole. It's, it's wonderful stuff that it doesn't take anything out of you to laugh at a joke like that. It's not making fun of anyone or any group or anything. They have so many like that. And I told the colonel, there's a story that always made me laugh. That's a true story. Henry Mancini, of course, I hope you know by name, wrote so much great music. He's such a talented musician, composer, performer. He was such a great stage star as well. And for years, Jay Leno was opening for him as a comedian. And they would go out there. And this is before Jay was hosting the Tonight Show, too. And so, well, Jay was pretty well known. And Henry Mancini really liked having Jay on the show. And Jay, they're out off on the road somewhere at a beautiful big theater. And Jay walked into the big dressing room bathroom. So wherever the dressing rooms were in the theater, this was a big bathroom that everyone was going to use, that all the stars would use. And he walked in there, just wanted to wash up and shave before the show. And... He does that, and as he's washing up, a voice comes from one of the toilets. And uh, the door is closed on the toilet, and a voice says, uh, Is that you, Jay? And it was Henry Mancini. And so when he says, Is that you, Jay? Leno says, uh, Oh, yeah. Hi, hi, Henry. Yeah, it's me. Uh, I was just, uh, just finished uh, shaving here. And uh, Mancini from the toilet with the door closed just says, Oh, good. Well, here, hold on. I have something for you. And there's a pause, and suddenly from that toilet stall, from Henry Mancini, comes a sound, a sound you all know, a sound you've all heard. It's normally associated more with men than women, I think, but it's a sound that involves, well, one of your intestines, and it's a very, very large, varied sound, and he he says well i have something for you here and he starts making this sound and let's go and it was a long varied really loud sound and after he finished then suddenly from the same toilet you heard mancini's voice going <laughs> now i love that story because Yeah, these guys have been working together. They're in show business. But I just love, it doesn't matter who you are. Here's the most elegant, classiest, most wonderful fella in the world. The greatest composer who's written so many things. Well, not just like Moon River. So many songs you know and love. So many scores of movies and Broadway shows. I mean, come on, it's Henry Mancini. But if you're alone with him in a bathroom, he might just do what any 19-year-old guy in a fraternity would do, which is just say, hey, as long as you're in here, see what you think of this. And he did. I just love that line. Oh, you know, hold on, Jay. I have something for you. What a way to put it. I have something for you. That's why it's great to be in show business. I love it. I love it very much, and I always will. But I'll tell you what. Sometimes, well, Some of the best things in show business really don't have much to do with show business at all. They have to do with being a man and being alive, and in this case, being in a bathroom. So, in any case, on this last trip I was on, the hotel had free breakfast. Now, I'm starting off to tell you this because... Who doesn't like a free breakfast? Everyone likes a free breakfast. This wasn't a big fancy hotel. It was a very nice, it was a comfort inn, very nice in Middletown, New York. And this was last weekend, and I was there for one show. Here, I'm plugging a date I've already done. And you know what? It was a beautiful theater, the Paramount Theater, and they're really starting in Middletown to put more shows on there. And uh, they were glad to have me, and I was glad They asked. I was glad to be there. So I'm at this hotel, and sure enough, they have. They don't serve lunches. They don't serve dinners. It's not a big place, but it was clean and new and nice, and I already like hotels. As someone who works on the road a bit, I understand hotels, and they understand me. I understand airports, and they understand me. And so if we can all get along, that is the performer with the way to get there— and I like this hotel, so I, when I checked in, I flew all day from Los Angeles to Newark, New Jersey, and when you land there, you get your bag, and there was someone there picking me up who drove me to Middletown, New York. That is the border to New Jersey, I guess is about 25 miles away, and then suddenly you're in New York State, and... They're very nearby a tri-state area, which is Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey, all in one spot. They all come together in that one spot. Now, that doesn't sound like much to you. It doesn't sound like much to me. But when you're actually there, if you live there, or if you're a visitor there, or if you're a performer there, when you hear that, I heard that, and the driver said, you know, there's one spot where all three states come together. And when I heard that, I thought that was the greatest thing I'd ever heard in my life. I really thought, now, that's part of the price you pay for traveling. I thought, really? Wow, I wish we had the time to go there. It was only another five or ten miles away, but that I could stand on that spot and maybe get a souvenir for the kids. You know, you pick up some stones or anything from there and just say, this is from the Tri-State Area Junction. And I know I could just see myself telling my kids... And I could just see the look in their faces when you know they just want to say, Dad, we don't like this story. It's not really interesting to us. Can we go back to playing Kill Everyone on TV? And yet, it was so it was a wonderful drive up there and a wonderful way to get to this hotel and a beautiful area, by the way, about an hour and a half northwest of New York City. And. You just know for 50 years and 100 years and 200 years, the people who settled there and the people who built that area and built that town and built all the towns around it, but who built Middletown, you know what? They were good people, everyone coming to the show. I was very glad to see. It was a perfect kind of an audience. And I knew I was going to have a free breakfast. The next day after I got there, so I traveled all day Friday, The next day, I got up, and uh, remember, it's 7 to 10, and at 7.15, I got up just to get this breakfast. I go down there, and I was very happy to go down there because I didn't want to, well, I didn't want there to be a swarm of people. I didn't want to be there, a big crowd, and I just wanted it to be me and have a quiet little bite, and it's free. It's a free breakfast the hotel gives you, and they don't have any other food during the day, and it's not that it's fancy because it's not. It's Frozen omelets, I guess, and they heat them up, and they're the egg in the in the crescent shape, and they have cheese in them, and then they have some some bagels and some egg, oh, you know, uh, muffins and and some coffee and and just some chopped strawberries, and that's it. But that's all you need. It was when when they're nice enough to give it to you for free. I went down there thinking I'm going to read the paper. And I'm going to have some of this free food. Oh, there's only six or seven tables in there, the small tables. And I knew I could just sit there and be in this nice small hotel in Middletown, New York, and have this food. And yet I wasn't the only one in there. This is what I didn't think about. There were 80 other people with all their daughters dressed up for a softball tournament. That's why the families were all there in that hotel. All their 14- and 15-year-old daughters were in softball uniforms and nice uniforms, and they were there for a tournament starting that day. And so all the places were jammed, and all the places were crowded, and all the people I'm telling you folks, it was like... A bar with free liquor. There were people four, five, and six deep in this little tiny area that had, well, the bagels, the eggs, and the coffee. And I thought, well, this is getting silly. You know, if I, if again, if there was anything around, if there was a Burger King around, I would have gone there. I would have been happy to go there. Even though you're going to spend your seven, eight, or nine dollars to get some food, I thought, I'd, I just didn't want to be part of a crowd. And I so I waited there, just looking for a place. There were no lines. There were no official lines. I was just looking for a place where maybe someone would leave the bar area, there where the food was, and you could start to feel yourself moving forward. Folks, I was there for at least twenty minutes or a half hour, and I'm telling you, no one was moving. No one was picking things up. No one was getting away, and it was jammed. And I said to myself again, "Well, this is silly. I didn't. I couldn't even get another cup of coffee." And I just but that was fine. I tossed the cup away and went back to the elevator, another fifteen feet away and I decided now this is idiotic. I got back to the room, took off my top ciders, just got back into the bed, plopped back down there, and thought well i I want to have breakfast, got to eat something I, I i can't can't eat nothing I, I there's no other place around here, and the hotel doesn't serve food later and i there's no place I can go to. There's no supermarket where I can even walk over there and just get a jar of peanut butter and some bread. Nothing. I'd do anything. And I waited. I said to myself, all right, this time I'm going to wait 40 minutes. And you know what? Those people have to be gone. These tournaments have a time when they start, and they have to be gone to play softball. And I was right again. I was smart again. I analyzed this perfectly. And all the families, and all the daughters in the softball uniforms, and all their other children were all gone. But in their place were now 150 people in this small area from the other parts of the hotel with the other folks who were there on a convention of duck hunting or something like that. And I'm telling you, they were there, all the fathers, all the mothers, all the children and they were all eating, and I said, "Well, this is, you know, silly." I, w- I went over to the desk where there was a nice young woman there. I had chatted with the night before, and she was. Everyone was very nice there. And I said to her, "Can I ask you something?" There was no one at the desk, and I said, "Does it ever get lighter here? Do people ever not come to the free breakfast, and uh, so we can just sit down quietly?" And she smiled at me, kind of sadly, and she said. No, it's sort of always like this. She said, I'm sorry. I said, well, there's nothing to be sorry about. That's fine. It's great. It's So I should just grab something here. There's no place else around. She said, there's really nothing else around. And I said, all right, that's fine. And you have nothing here for lunch, nothing for dinner. But then she gave me brochures where you could call. There are some places that delivered for lunch or for dinner. And I said, all right, all right. I'll pick these up before I go back to the room. And I went back to the free breakfast area and... I waited, and I kind of wedged my way in, and I got through after a while. I'm telling you, it was another 20 minutes or a half hour just to wedge your way in to where the eggs were and those frozen, unfrozen omelets, and I grabbed an English muffin, and I put it on the plate, too. And I grabbed one of the little little omelets, and I put it on the plate. And I got a spoonful of some chopped strawberries and put it on the plate. And I got another cup of black coffee. And I walked over, with a, and I had my plastic fork and my paper napkin and walked over. But remember, it's jammed again. It's jammed, and they didn't even have a standing shelf area the way you have in the airport when you want to get something at McDonald's, and you can at least stand there. But they give you a shelf intentionally because they know you're never going to find a seat. They didn't even have that. And I thought to myself, this is silly now, you know, because I don't want to just stand at the puffy, heat-filled window. And just stare out at the parking lot. I, I So instead, I tossed the food out again, said goodbye to these nice folks, and took my new cup of black coffee back up to the room. And took the brochures from the nice young woman at the desk about places that delivered later in the day. And I went back up to the room, and I thought to myself, well, this is one of the most interesting places I've ever stayed. They give you everything for free. They could have given you furniture for free, and you wouldn't have had a chance to take it out because everyone was sitting in it. And you know what? Around 1230, I called the only restaurant that was delivering at that hour, which was, the girl at the desk told me, one of the most popular Italian restaurants in town. Now, remember, I haven't had breakfast yet. So the people, very nice at the restaurant, and they said, well, would you like, let's see, would you like... uh, how about a meatball hero? And I said, you know something, I just something simpler. Do you have anything lighter than that? Do you like veal? How about veal parmesan? And I said, you know something, that would be fine. So at a quarter to one on a Saturday afternoon in Middletown, New York, I found myself in the hotel room with the TV on and a horror movie playing. And I was cutting and eating well, a huge portion of veal parmesan. And I'm I'm not a skinny guy anyway. I like all sorts of weird food. And this would have been terrific, this food, if you were with friends or your wife and had a couple of drinks in you and it was, oh, say, 9 o'clock at night. But for your first meal of the day, it just made me smile. And I think that's the key to everything in life. Once again, as long as you really feel that you can smile and laugh at everything that's happening, if you really mean that, if it's sincere in your heart and in your head and you really mean it, that this is the greatest thing that you can have happen. And I thought it was great. I was in my sweatpants and my topsiders, and I was sitting at the hotel room desk next to my laptop and I was watching a horror movie and I was eating veal parmesan And spaghetti. And they said, in fact, would you like something on the side? And I said, whatever you put on the side is going to be fine. I don't care if it's coleslaw or spinach. It's already fine. And you know what, folks? That's what made that not just a magic movie moment. That made that a magical weekend to get ready for that show that night. Everyone was so nice there. But I smiled again. And when I left the next day, early Sunday morning, to drive back to Newark Airport to get on a plane to go back home here to Los Angeles and fly cross-country. You know what? That's a great flight anyway. You read and you sleep, but I'll tell you what. The best part of the trip in that way was the smile you have from realizing, how do you like that? This is just another different way to eat, and I'm glad it was here, and I'm glad it was with these people And I'm going to go back there again. I'm going to play that theater again in Middletown, New York. And you know what? I'll really look forward again to having that free breakfast. And I'll tell you what, this time, I'm not going to answer any questions. Well, I am, but only after I eat. Because I'll know what you know, which is Homer is Homer and Pluto is a planet. And remember, folks, as always... If you walked out of bed today and had a job to go to and a home to come back to and someone there who cares about you, folks, the game's over and you've won. And that's still the truest thing I know. I love doing this show and I'm glad you're here. Tell someone else about it and we'll see you here next time.